Hello and welcome to level 18 of Three Extra Lives, a video game and trivia podcast. I'm your host Tom Knight and welcome back to the show. It's been a busy week for me as I was guesting on Geek Herring this week which is another Dragon Powered Studio show and I went over there and I sat down with Monica, Amanda, the regular co-host on that show, she was sick so I had to fill in and I had a great time with Monica. We talked lots of geeky things from James Bond to Overwatch to Stranger Things 3 to Cyberpunk 2077. Lots of geeky stuff going on there over at Geek Herring so definitely check that out has a real focus on geek feminism and it's just a really safe environment to have discussions about female representation in an online space. So thanks very much for having me Geek Herring. And an update about this show is last week I set the challenge for Slip Slop, World's Hardest Platformer Game and Acid Tears 111 on Twitter. He smashed it. He beat the score of 12 with a score of 15. So I sorted Acid Tears out with a little indie game that I hope he will enjoy. Anyway, that's you all caught up on the goings on. Let's get started. So I was browsing on Eurogamer.net this week and I found an article that Garfield Kart is getting a sequel. I don't believe it. Now, I've heard of Crash Team Racing and of course I've heard of Mario Kart. But I didn't know there was a Garfield Kart game. This took me by surprise that not only was it getting a sequel, but the initial title of Garfield Kart even existed. Anyway, this also came at the same time as a thread on Reddit over on the Steam subreddit actually. And someone had posted a profile of a user on Steam And they have almost 21,000 hours played on Garfield Kart. So so not only is there a Garfield Kart game, there is people playing this game. There's people obsessed with this game, clearly. Garfield Kart actually came out in November 2013. So it's been around for six years. I've never even heard of it. But it has very positive reviews on Steam. And that's probably what's led to it having a sequel that the original did so well but yeah this user on steam 21,000 hours uh not sure if this is real not sure if this is legit because apparently there is programs you can get that can falsify your play time on steam not sure about that or they could have simply just left it running forever and just never turn it off that's a possibility too but at the same time when you break it down 21,000 hours is 875 days, 2.3 years, just under half their life in the last six years spent on one game. It could be believable, it could be believable because this got me thinking about games that I've played a lot and one of those games is World of Warcraft because that's a game I've been playing for 15 years almost now and I've acquired a lot of time in that game. I haven't done it for a long while now but I think around the 10 year mark I added up all my played on that game because you can go into each character, you can type a command that tells you how much time you've played on one character. So you make the spreadsheet, you add up all the time and then you gasp. And when I added it all up, it worked out about a year of my life in that 10 year period have been spent playing World of Warcraft. And well, I'd had a lot of fun playing World of Warcraft. I'd met a lot of friends and 
had a lot of gaming memories to go along with that. So I'm, I'm okay with that, but I know that I wouldn't class myself as a hardcore Warcraft player, especially in recent years. So I know there's going to be people with substantially higher figures if they were to go and add up their time. Maybe it's not so unbelievable. You know, there is people out there that just enjoy playing one game, that that's their focus, that's what they're passionate about. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. And in light of all this, maybe I'm gonna check out Garfield Kart and maybe that's gonna be a new obsession for me. I don't know. I don't think I'm gonna be able to rack up 21,000 hours on this game but never say never. And I'm just gonna finish this segment off by saying, embrace your gaming obsessions. It's trivia time. So I mentioned Garfield Kart in that segment. Let's go for some Garfield trivia. In the Garfield comics, who is Garfield's owner? The answer is John Arbuckle. And if you just said John, give yourself an extra life. I'm feeling generous today. Pull up a chair, my friends, and let me tell you a story of how one video game impacted my life. Quite substantially, actually. And that game is Shenmue 2. Now, if you haven't heard of the Shenmue series recently, Shenmue 3, highest backed game on Kickstarter ever in the works that's coming out in 2019 this year but anyway Shenmue was originally on the Dreamcast and Shenmue starred a young martial arts fighter called Ryo Hazuki he goes on an investigation across a small town in China to uncover and track down his father's murderer get up I'll allow you to die like a warrior father gets murdered in front of his eyes father stay back Ryo. in their family dojo and he is looking for this guy, Landy, he's called, searching all over this small town in China, investigating. And the game operated on a day-night cycle. Shops would open, they would close. There was an arcade in this town as well that you could visit. You could play mini games, you could play Sega games. There was these QTE games, which were like quick time events where you had to press buttons when you were prompted. One game, 100 yen. Come on, fighter! I think these acted as an escape from Ryo's grim reality that his father was murdered and the odds were stacked against him in tracking down the murderer. There was many lessons within the story of balance and controlling your emotions. At the end of the first game, saw Ryo take a boat to Hong Kong to continue his quest. I will introduce you to someone I know can be trusted, Tao Li Shou, one of Hong Kong's elder masters. And it was here where life and gaming merged for me. Little did I know when I was in my early teens that this game would influence one of my biggest travel decisions ever. When I turned 20, I really wanted to make the trip to Hong Kong because of Shenmue 2. The game captured the hustle and bustle of a city far away that I dreamed to experience myself. I wanted to walk through those streets just as Rio did, as a stranger in a magical, enchanting and mystical land. I also learned the importance of vigilance when traveling to a place such as Hong Kong, because early on in Shenmue 2, Ryo has his bag stolen. I want my bag back. Why don't you give so up? So, you love your bag that much, eh? In a street scam, it made me wary of such circumstances when I made this trip. And while this game was based in the 80s, and this video game was not like the replica of the streets of Hong Kong, 
The feeling of awe I had when I took a taxi from the airport into Hong Kong itself. We crossed a massive bridge. As we passed over this bridge, there was a huge cargo ship pulling into Hong Kong Bay with hundreds of cargo containers. I'll just never forget that feeling, that feeling of accomplishment that this was my dream I'd had and I made it. I was here. I was now Ryo Hazuki. I mean, I wasn't avenging the murder of a family member and I don't know any Kung Fu, but still, this was just an incredible moment in my life and it was a byproduct of a video game. I had an incredible week in Hong Kong. I didn't stay there for very long. I was there with one of my best friends from school. I just had a little travel book and we explored various areas that I had known from the game Shenmue, such as Aberdeen, which was famous for its junk boats. And we actually got a tour of the harbor from a local junk boat owner, which a lot of residents in that area, they actually live on their boats. And this older woman in particular, she was following us around in her boat as we walked on the, the quayside and she was waving us on persistently and eventually we just gave in and decided to board this this boat with this this Hong Kong local and she took us around and it was great. It was really, really cool. And I'll just never forget that trip. I'll never forget the final night. I was at Victoria Peak, which is a mountainous area on the western side of Hong Kong Island. And it just provides magnificent views of the city. Take it all in, the lights, the sounds, the sights. Just a perfect freeze frame moment. So that's how a video game took me halfway across the world. It's trivia time. So Shenmue was on the Dreamcast and the Dreamcast was the first console with online multiplayer. But can you name the first title release that supported this feature? The answer is Choo Choo Rocket. I spent a lot of time in that game too. And if you got that one right, give yourself an extra life. So finally, in this level of three extra lives, I'm going to talk to you about World of Warcraft again. Mentioned twice in the same episode, can you believe it? But I'm mentioning this because I've learned of a guild called Undaunted, and they're based on a US server, and they are the largest deaf guild on the American servers. And with the introduction of the latest World of Warcraft patch 8.2, saw a new raid added to the game with the main boss, Queen Ashara, a very notable character in the Warcraft lore. And this guild, they defeated heroic Queen Ashara, which is an amazing achievement. And they became the first guild on their server to do so. The kicker for this is they're a deaf guild, so they don't use any voice communication at all, which is pretty incredible for a game like this, which is based on reactions and in a raid, you'd be delegating certain members of your team to be in a certain place at a certain time or using a certain ability at a certain time. The fact that there's no voice communication would definitely add to the level of challenge, but this guild have it sorted and they are very unique in their practices. So Undaunted, they're a competitive guild and they consist of deaf and hard of hearing players and 80% of their raid roster are deaf. So they don't use any sort of voice tools. They're, they're not on Discord, they're not on Mumble, they're not on TeamSpeak, uh, but they use a mixture of add-ons and macros to communicate clearly during raids. I actually saw this posted on Reddit. 
One of the interesting things was that I saw a lot of perhaps introverted people commenting on this that saying that they would actually want to be in a guild like this that didn't use voice communication because the prospect of communicating over voice that's something that just brings stress and anxiety and actually the one of the guild leaders of Undaunted replied to a few of these people saying actually there is people like that in the guild that prefer the aspect of being in an online game where they don't have to speak where they don't have to use voice but they can communicate over text and they actually just prefer it that way but I just saw this story in passing and I thought I have to tip my hat at it because this guild have just shown that yes they may have disabilities with regards to hearing or hard of hearing but they haven't let that stop them play World of Warcraft that hasn't stopped them from being the most competitive guild on their server and I think it's just amazing how we as humans adapt to the situations that we're put in and how it challenges us to push the boundaries this guild have obviously done that and they're being very successful with what they're doing this is just really inspiring to read and i'm a big fan of world of warcraft i've been playing on and off for 15 years i've recently come back to the game after an extended break there's been a lot of negativity let's just say surrounding world of warcraft especially over the last year with regards to blizzard and how the, the latest expansion Battle for Azeroth has shaped out but when you look at stories like this and you see that there's people out there playing this game they're playing it their way they're adapting to situations in their life to play a game that they love that it just puts a lot of things into perspective I think that we can fall down these rabbit holes of how games are being developed or latest updates might not completely suit our needs or we don't completely agree with them it doesn't necessarily mean that the game is terrible or it's a dying game because there's you know there's a game out there for everyone we talked about it in the first segment with the Garfield game that there's somebody obsessed with that I think it just really makes you feel that you know if you enjoy a game just you you can play it you play it enjoy it and there might be other people around you that aren't enjoying it but that's just all down to preference and I think one of the big issues I had with World of Warcraft when Battle for Azeroth came out was that I spent a lot of time reading negativity about the game and this really seeped into what I was thinking about the game and my break was partly due to travel but I found it hard to get motivated to play a game that I was enjoying again which which sounds really strange but this time around I've, I've come back to the game I'm I'm not really focusing on the negativity I'm checking out positive stories I'm reading about you know guilds like Undaunted clearing heroic Queen Ashara being the first guild to do it on their server that things like that make me feel good things like that make me want to log into the game and and be part of this community and sometimes it might just be a, a fact of yeah I'm turning a blind eye to a lot of negativity but sometimes it's just a reaction to something that's not fully explained yet and it's just easy to get caught up in that and I've decided now that you know what I'm not going to I'm not going to get caught up in that and if I don't enjoy playing a game I won't play it but if I'm enjoying a game then I'm gonna do my damn best to not let negativity of others seep in and ruin that for me so this segment went off the tracks a little but 
I think, all in all, I just want to say congratulations to Undaunted. It's a fantastic achievement, and I look forward to following your progress in the future. It's trivia time. So we're talking about World of Warcraft. We've mentioned it quite a lot on this episode, but here's one to see you out. World of Warcraft released in what year? The answer is 2004, and this year will mark the 15th anniversary of the game. If you got that one right, give yourself an extra life. And here we are at the end of the show. How did you do on the trivia today? Why not let me know over on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at 3ExtraLifes. If you have anything to say about where video games have took you or what games have you played an insane amount of hours, why don't you let me know? You can email the show over at podcast at 3extralifes.com. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear your stories and your thoughts about this episode. Like always, you can find everything I've talked about on this level over at 3extralifes.com. Yeah, we got a .com now. Thank you very much for listening. And I will see you all in level 19! Find more at dragonpoweredstudio.com.